Welcome to the Microbial Secret Society, where David and I dive deep into the microbial realm and initiate you into the Microbial Secret Society. So enjoy our podcast. The first hour is always free, and the second hour is only available to members at microbialsecret.org. So thank you, and uh, let's begin. Three, two, one, and we're live. We're, we're live on another another episode of the Microbial Secret Society podcast. Yeah, so this is episode number 13, which is a sort of uh, esoteric number. Yeah, 13. A little bit of an esoteric number. Is that, is that because it breaks down to... To, to four. Well, I I don't know. You're you're the numerology expert on this show. So. Uh... Um, man, there was this one like scholarly article that was actually written about numerology, and it's called the Fool's Journey, and it talks about how the basically like when you're like the fool in the tarot is is number zero that's where it starts and that's where it begins and begins and ends and it it talks about how the whole the fool comes in as like this blank canvas this blank slate like completely emptying your mind of all concepts and ideas and is just like in the moment and then throughout the fool's journey, he meets like these different archetypes that allow him to like learn about creation and nature and all these different like aspects of our own inner being in, 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 in a way. And it talks about how like, yeah, thir- like throughout that cycle from like zero to 21 or 22, depends how, how you look at it. Um, it goes the fool goes to like four and 13 which breaks down to four and then also um i think i think there's one more in there too that breaks down to four 22 22 would break down to four too the world so it's it's kind of like um i don't i would say 13 like 13 four is right in the middle so that's like the death card which symbolizes like transformation and change and all, all sorts of different types of things mm-hmm. yeah so so following the, that that's the tarot kind of uh symbology that you're talking about there well it's a tarot symbology but with the numbers of like the the cycle of it as in like thir- 13 what what it relates to the tarot but i mean f- any any number that breaks down to four is um, has to do with like structure and order and kind of and kind of building. And I guess in in numerology, like thirteen four has to do with like karmic debts and karmic lessons. Hmm. Hmm. Well, uh, hopefully the, this will translate into a good episode. Because I know uh, four, four in Hawaiian is, uh, you know, kind of like num- number of truth. Four is the number of truth in Hawaiian. Hmm. Stability and foundation, which you're saying 13 breaks down to four, which 
I'm not sure they did numbers or that kind of uh, math, but right on. So we got we got truth and structure and foundation and I'd say like kind of it, it's like the halfway point almost of the the fool's journey, halfway between where he like he goes through four, which is like the emperor which is like very rigid and structured and, and then goes to the death card and then transforms and then makes its way to 22 or, or, or the world, which is like the, like the full circle effect. And then it talks about how the fool then when he reaches like the so-called enlightenment throughout the deck or throughout the major arcana then he goes he goes back to the void where where he actually came from but with with this time with like more knowledge i guess of self mm, mm, mm. yeah the, the nothing turning or going through all life and returning back to nothing kind of the one zero effect of the universe yeah but but it but they definitely emphasize that like it's it's not necessarily nothing in the sense that like you you still have like all those accumulated like experiences and things in that way yeah hmm, that's that's an interesting one you know um the fool's journey all the way through yeah yeah i mean i i I love numerology i feel like it's a great tool and a great lens to kind of to view reality and try to like see what you're working with vibrationally can get like super specific you can even get to like the the month or like the 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 month or like the three month pattern of like what you are like vibrationally in 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 a moment in time or where you kind of find yourself. Hmm. Hmm. So, well, today, today I was, um, I was going over and um, writing up a kind of history of natural farming. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, kind of, kind of reminiscent of that, kind of going through a part of the journey and then uh, just uh, time, time to look back and and um, one one of the ways I was building this timeline was just by looking at my YouTube and looking at your YouTube. Yeah, so so my YouTube Studio account has a um, you know a listing of all my videos that I have there. yeah and you're able to kind of see like from the beginning from when you first started posting to like now yeah which is nice that it's kind of chronological like that like i can i can literally kind of scroll back to where you know things things began for me in a certain sense where where did they begin for you well, so so I started. I started by saying on this timeline I was writing. I started by saying, you know, um, nat- natural farming is very old. It's it's ancient. Yeah, maybe that's even a, a better way of saying it. Like natural farming is ancient. So, 
to like write a, a history of natural farming or like to trace the roots of it is you know like so, somewhat of a impossibility to like truly source like the actual lineage of where it, it stems from yeah yeah well yeah that's the the lineage of like teacher to student but also people at certain times just by being out in the field and like you know observing nature like like victor schaubauer schubauer talks about that the water wizard that he he just sat there and he just watched the river and he then learned about nature and natural you know natural farming to a degree so just by observing the cycles of nature around us we can tune into the holographic nature of how nature tries to re or reveals itself yeah 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 and seeing seeing it from a new perspective with a new idea and basically kind of adding a new vocabulary defining something that you observe It, so are, are you saying that it's it's hard to trace the lineage because of how the vocabulary changes over time or and and how how it kind of is spread well the, the vocabulary is one thing for like ease of use but i i think um certain aspects like certain observations phase in and out of your awareness Could you give an example? Yeah. So, so if I if I'm looking at this, I'm looking at the soil or the land around my house, and I'm noticing mm -hmm. through a biological lens the health of the land, and and noticing different plants thriving, but I know it's because different biology is living there. So just by observing what may be growing differently in a, in a in an area, you can make the conclusion that there'd be different biology growing at different places. Mm -hmm. for, yeah, or or but a, like a chemist would go out there and they would test the soil in different areas to determine the the fertility. Okay, so uh, a, a chemist would um, maybe take like a soil sample and, and see the chemical makeup and then kind of determine what, what, what the soil needs from that lens of, yeah, kind of chemical makeup. Mm -hmm. Like a analyzing the soil and finding out how much, uh, you know, nitrogen... How, how much energy resonates in the soil as nitrogen or available nitrogen in the, the compounds they're looking for. Like the energy profile of that. So are you saying that there's a, like a different lens? Is, is there almost like an alchemical lens that we can look through? 
in a certain sense, an alchemical lens would be a, a way to describe it. But I'm, I'm looking at the land and I can tell you the fertility, not by knowing the chemical makeup or running it through a machine, mm -hmm. but instead tuned into a different frequency, which is like looking at your weeds. And, and by, by observing which weeds are growing in an area, and then you can, you can correlate this directly to biology and, and knowing which, um, which weeds favor which biology, and then knowing how, how fertile a soil will, will be and how well it will perform. Yeah, this, this is a, a real life example that could potentially be a learning opportunity for a lot of people. Um, so one of the farms that I'm working with, helping them um, bioremediate and transform their land and um, switch to natural farming practices on, a, on land that was basically chemically dependent for quite some time. Um, just a few months ago, two months ago, um, the soil there got tested in some in some of the areas and um it, it, it's basically coming back with like pretty low ph and p and k and ca and and um and they're finding like uh magnesium in the in the soil so there's some kind of metal metal particulates and this is through the the ctahr the agricultural diagnostic service center through, through their department of the college of tropical agricultural and human resources and their recommendation is to basically add fertilizer 10 20 to 20 um 1800 pounds of it per, per acre and then they're they're recommending like coral limestone like almost 7000 pounds per acre and uh mg sulfate 1500 pounds per acre so i don't know i i felt like it was kind of related because you said you know so one person might look at the soil and then get an exam like you know get that kind of report and then someone else might just be able to observe nature and, and come to different conclusions with, without maybe that test. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's just one lens to look at your land to, to um, you know, determine its fer fertile potential. But, but how, how many tons of stuff was that total? To like total? Yeah, they oh, had seven me... seven tons of coral. How many pounds of 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 chemical? Like triple? What was it? Twenty? Can you repeat so that? So eighteen hundred eighteen hundred pounds. So almost a ton. 10, 20, just shy 20 of a ton, right? Because like two of, a yeah, ton is two thousand pounds. So eighteen hundred pounds. Yeah, almost a fertilizer. Ton. And almost three and a half tons of lime, and almost a ton of magnesium sulfate. Yeah, almost a, not another ton of magnesium sulfate. Yeah. Wow. Wow. 
so it, it, wow and and so did they did they recommend so you're going to dump that many chem, that chemicals like that would be almost like uh like uh i don't know like if you put that much coral out there it would be like a, it would be as if it snowed right yeah yeah that's a lot like on yeah would, yeah i mean maybe it's heavier than that maybe it'd be finer than that but um and and so did they did they make any recommendation about adding organic matter to your soil no no any what and that was were there any other recommendations and this is from, from the um the, the other they there's like a general information that says like um, knowing levels of sulfur and micronutrients in plants is important in order to like properly diagnose tissues. And um, it said like split the fertilizer into several applications once every three months until the total amount has been applied. Um, and then it says we adopt, we recommend you adopt a nutrient monitoring approach by retaining this sample report for comparison with future samples. Um, but other other than that, oh, but I guess the other part, which was kind of interesting, was the other metals that are found in the land. So, like right now, are um, Fe, I think that's iron, yeah. um, Mn, mag magnesium, zinc, and then copper. So I don't I don't really know how like gnarly that kind of stuff is, but yeah, just on like a chemical report. But um, that that's kind of what made me like research a little bit more about the ink mushrooms and like that whole family and what what microbes and mushrooms will help detoxify the soil and like is a is a result that that's kind of happening and taking place because where, where i'm spraying there there's there's so there's lots of lots of mushrooms now that were never there before but they're, they're not the ink cap mushrooms so i didn't i don't i don't know like wow. different kinds well so so everywhere where you put down organic matter mushrooms are popping up e even in spots where there's not organic matter even in like the the place of the soil where it's just been like kind of tilled and um and there's just like grass or something and then you'll just have like mushrooms popping up right on the bare soil too um, but definitely everywhere where you're putting organic material down um, and, and seeing that. And then there, there was this one spot where it was like the top of the, the, the farm, like kind of the, the top plate place and where they were growing like commercially in the past, like turmeric for a long time. And there was still kind of like turmeric and the, the owner, like, he, he used a tractor or some sort of machine and like made a bunch of new rows up there and he planted like a lot of radish or di like daikon radishes and different types of greens and stuff and carrots and ba basically um, like but the, the soil was super dry and it wasn't like it was very barren up there so kind of sp sprayed it continuously and continuously for for a few months and the crop did okay it didn't really grow that well but what, what was kind of crazy is that 
now what's growing there is sun hemp and that wasn't planted there but now it's it's become like the the majority of what's growing where it used to be like kind of gnarly cane grass or just like yeah interesting kind of stuff so i mean I'm, I'm definitely like observing like the remediation process happening i'm i'm just curious how long it, it takes for like like a soil sample and things like that and then i guess it just depends on you know you know where that soil was sampled and all those different types of things well the other the other thing about the the soil sample type of method like the chemistry type of method where where it's recommended about changing the chemistry because that's really what that report was about is yeah is that um you you can do soil sampling as one thing but then you can also do tissue sampling of your um of your plant itself and then that they'll be able, they'll be able to determine like what nutrients are like abundant or what are maybe lacking based on like a tissue sample right right so they can yeah they can take like a leaf of your plant and they can say oh okay it's deficient in this or that or or you know abundant abundant in this which you usually what happens is it's there's one deficiency in something and it ties a bunch of other things up or there's an overabundance of something that then ties other things up is usually what happens in, in plants. So through tissue, tissue sampling, they can detect that. Is, is that going to be more, more accurate? Well, so what, what, what's been found is that by using natural farming, you can have... Yeah you can have a deficient soil where you can do that chem chemical report that you you just did where they recommended like <coughs> tons and tons of things yeah and instead of that you can do natural farming where instead what what, <laughs> what what you're doing is you're spraying liquids which which for your um your your things like a half acre quarter acre how big so Oh, the, the orchard there? Um, um, I'm, I'm not sure. Probably around like a half acre. I, I actually sprayed it this evening and or this like late afternoon and it was about 45 gallons for that and then kind of like a better, like uh, some of the surrounding beds and then some plants that are in the, some starts that are in the nursery. Okay. For a... a a, I can tell you, you're you're definitely doing overspray if you're spraying 45 gallons out there, like um, because yeah, it should be like 25 gallons to an acre, and there's no way that's an acre. So like 10 to 15 gallons, so like you know 20 at the most if you're gonna spray things really kind of heavy, is is about what. Huh. Yeah, just, I mean, you, you like, because if you're spraying things and they're getting soaking wet and they're dripping down, it's a lot. You just kind of like just spray them so they get moist and will take that. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I don't just focus on the plants that you're are. You're spraying like, the ground the, too? Uh, yeah, like everything really. And the, like the surrounding berms and like, you know, 
almost up to the like the road yeah well you know, if you're like, if you're doing a drench it's like a hundred gallons per acre so you're probably more in like the drench category of things which if you're trying to do soil foundation and trying to get all that stuff out there maybe i mean that's probably it's probably okay well i mean once your plants are established you won't need to do that as much but um yeah yeah definitely yeah well so yeah that's that's um and so so well so anyway like what what'll happen is like by spraying those things um your if you took if you took all the water that you spray like for 45 gallons of water times eight that's i don't know i don't have a calculator Let's pull one up Let's see 45 times eight i should be able to do that in my mouth it's 360 so each time you're spraying you're spraying 360 pounds of water out there but if you take that and you divide it by 500 or a thousand because we're we're diluting one to 500 or one to a thousand you're you're not yeah. you're not even putting a one pound of fertilizer out there so so each time you go and you spray and if you spray 45 gallons you're putting less than a pound of of fertilizer on the ground you're putting like 0.8 uh, pounds of fertilizer. So so take take that 0.8 pounds and then weigh that each time against their um against the the tons of, of stuff you were supposed to use with the the chemical remediation way. And kind of compare it, I guess. I mean, they they also give a price too, like a an estimate. Well, not a price, an estimate. What what's that? So, so for eighteen hundred pounds of ten twenty twenty, it says you could get it for three hundred and twenty four dollars per acre. Okay. I mean that's that's kind of that's kind of crazy that the university is now like hooking you up with a dealer, and like the they're so in bed with that that they're getting you now the chemical dealer. But what if there was like the natural farming option? <laughs> or do you think? I don't know because aren't there like a lot of like published studies and stuff i mean that you've even done in scientific papers and stuff like within the university that you documents natural farming maybe maybe go to that lab and ask them and then quote them and give them your pricing chart oh ask them for the recommendation uh yeah i don't know that's no ask them to, to recommend you just like this fertilizer Rick. guy did. Oh, I yeah. To kind of recommend it. I don't give know. Them, give me your rates. Tell them, yeah, hit me up. Call me up. I'll, I'll come spray your stuff for this much because you're lacking all these things, but it doesn't matter. I'll just drop mulch and then pile tech it and, um, and then barrel tech and spray tech. Um, yeah, 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 that's a good, 
I'd like to see a world where there there's other op, or, uh, maybe alternative recommendations. But Wait, well, why would that be an alternative? Why isn't the chemical one an alternative? Why isn't like this ecologically friendly supporting the earth one as like the primary thing that should be promoted? It's because we as people, as listeners and members of the secret society haven't fully done this yet. We don't have companies where you can just say, oh yeah, well here, buy, buy all this um, green juice from heaven from David. And, and I can put a price quote on yeah. there that it's going to take, it's, it's going to take spraying weekly and it's going to take, uh, you know, 45 times, uh, what is that? Well, okay, so you're going to put in, um, let's say you put in a gallon each time. It's going to take you 50 gallons of, um, of all the solutions combined. So you'd have, to, you'd have to break that down by each, divide 50 by 9. It's like, take, take like less, less than five gallons of each of the solutions to do your area, which is way, way too much for your area. You could still divide that, that uh, five gallons of each solution for a whole year. You could divide that by, um, you're probably over spraying three times too much. So you need, you need one, one, one point two gallons of each solution basically to do to do your place for a year so you could quote somebody on that i don't, I don't know what that would what that would take but you'd need yeah roughly roughly 10 gallons of solutions to take care of your spot for a whole year well, 10, 10 gallons of each no 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 of all of them combined 10 gallons of all of them combined about R roughly uh, roughly to do your place for the whole year if you if you did it at, 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 but i'm saying you're right now you're you're spraying like three times too much so you're right now you're going to need 30 gallons of it all to do it the way you're doing it huh because i'm spraying a little bit too too much yeah so of that you're probably going to need like six gallons of plant of plant juice you know six gallons of vinegar um whatever to do it to do it for a whole year the way you're doing it right now Huh. Yeah. But that, I mean that but the rec I mean that that doesn't take that long to make that many so that much solution. Like uh like one point two gallons of you know, you can make a gallon and a half of fermented plant juice from, from like a three gallon fermentation. And then you're going to get like four, you're going to get almost twice the amount of vinegar that from, from the plant material. And then, yeah. So I don't, I, I don't even, yeah. I just believe that the, if that was the recommendation for someone, that it, it wouldn't, I don't know. It wouldn't, it wouldn't take that much, but, I, but I guess in order for, for it to go to that scale where it was like recommended, would you just have like, would you have like one person who just solely focused on like fermented plant juice and then like one person that focused focused on say like another solution or do you think there's actually a way to scale it where 
you know there's yeah i i don't know just like is can natural farming meet the commercial demand that's that's the billion trillion dollar question <laughs> that you know is looming out there can can natural farming meet the world's demand and specifically can you know korean natural farming meets the world's demand and and that the answer the answer is yes the answer is yes that's that's a good answer it's a good answer that there's a possibility of hope <laughs> well but but in yeah. but in in this case here with this recommendation what's necessary are the spreadsheets and the numbers and the projections and the costs and the availability and the ability to deploy these solutions yeah if basically <clears throat> the spreadsheets of it one one solution is is what we're doing like K, knf like cho style knf with nine vital solutions so is there is there more well another another recommendation because on this sheet you got you got a recommendation for chemical and then we had we figured out what it would cost like basic basically you're gonna need 30 gallons of knf solution so you'd have to value that can you make that at the same price that the guy is selling the calcium and the and the you know the magnesium or whatever else you were going to say you're going to put down on that well you know yeah, all, I mean, all those chemicals yeah, can you maybe. can you meet that same price point to sell him knf solutions And then, and then the next, the next solution on there, like that, that's what you got to figure out and you got to, you know, to make it viable. I mean, it's more eco-friendly for sure. And then I think the, the other solution to include on there is the, and the reason I said yes. The reason you said yes, what do you mean? That KNF can feed the world. Like, you, you know, I mean, the, like, oh, okay. Yeah, and I, I just did the math on it. The the recommendation like of the total amount per acre is twenty four hundred and twenty nine dollars. So could you sell them a KNF suite for that same price? A KNF suite, like you mean just the solution? Yeah, well, yeah, that, and then they could buy a sprayer additionally. But they buy all those solutions from you, just like you know, in, in five gallon buckets or whatever, two gallon buckets. That's an interesting, I, I think without looking at it, I would say, yeah, definitely. Because I know that you can, you can make the solutions for like one acre for a year for about like $360. So for a dollar a day. Uh, you can KNF. It's cheaper yeah. than coffee. <laughs> it's cheaper than coffee. <laughs> huh. 
that this so these numbers hopefully someone's taking notes because we can write these down these are I'm, good ta- I'm taking notes <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so, someone's taking notes but um yeah okay so the I, lot i mean yeah i mean your your starting costs for knf are what like r- like you can get like a bag of rice like 25 pounds for like 20 bucks you know and then you need like 100 pounds of sugar that's like 100 bucks and then 12 gallons or 13 gallons like 12 gallons of vinegar or not vinegar sorry vodka and then you need you know the dry herbs which i don't know maybe like maybe that's like 40 bucks and then and then you know the the turmeric or ginger or garlic those um it's probably like 30 or 40 bucks 20 30 bucks um and then you need like glass jars and or fermentation vessels and i mean everyone's got their own different setup so um and like strainers and things like that and then i guess you need bones and milk and eggshells or coral shells or something like that and fish fish waste and yeah i don't know <laughs> it's a different recommendation but i feel like it's you know it's just a few things like it, ma- it makes you think like what if there was like uh like a knf like starter kit or something like well, what if there was a way to like subscription the knf like it's like a it's like every month you get like different solutions or whatever coming or it's like every three months and then I don't know. The starter kit could just be like some rice, a, like a natural fiber box, you know, some maybe some sugar, some like a jar, rubber bands, like labeling material, things like that. I, I think that's a great idea. I think, but I think a compass. <laughs> one of one of the one of the starter kits for most people is just already made IMO two like seed imo for their region it's you know from their from their local native forest it's a ready-made three-month supply of knf police it's a one-year supply of knf cleanser food structure reproduction all the solutions and comes with a, a uh you know a maruyama sponsored signature mr microbe sprayer you know signed with a little it's shaped like a little microbe and you fire it up and it goes yippee (laughs) (laughs) but i think that's the starter (laughs) kit for most people because i i hear what you're saying like you're saying like oh hook them up with an imo box but most people are like yeah uh uh-huh whereas what i think the the thing is for you (laughs) is like you can quote them and you can say look for for that same amount twenty four hundred dollars or whatever you quoted it say here's here's a year's supply of ready to go uh secret society uh microbe you know the the cute little microbe sticker you can slap it on the sprayer on the cans and it's here you go it's ready um for you to use for the same price as this other fertilizer which may or may not you know benefit the rest of the ecology 
or cheaper. Huh. Because I I bet you there's tons of people that are like getting those like soil samples and stuff. And there's probably a percentage of them that at least like look into the recommendations. Right. And they probably call that chemical company and they say, well, if we want to farm honey, we got to do this. And they call the chemical company and they get a dump truck in it or they pick it up in like, you know, hundred pound things on a truck and bring it out to the land and cast it down. And then the, they, they salt their soil further or, you know, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a proponent of some of those things like calcium, I think is important, but at those, those levels, I, I don't know. Um, you know, it sounds expensive and backbreaking, but I think if you strategically put put calcium or dolomite out there, it'd be a good investment. Also, biochar, like like it. I don't know if I said that, but oh yeah, biochar is a crucial one. But it, so so that's that's the other recommendation. And so if you can have Mr. Microbes microbial service, you know, on there and say this is the other recommendation, call me. It works. Um, or the other the other one is um, disgustingly cheap microbes. Disgustingly cheap microbes, like J, like JLF and stuff, JMF. You, well, yeah, you just take a, um, you take the plant, the weeds that are on your land and put them in a bucket of water and it just gets, dis it's just that most disgustingly oh, oh, cheap plant food. A different kind of tech too is like, it's similar, but if you, if you, if say you're like clearing an area where you're like ripping up a bunch of like weeds or things like that, you take that plant material and you put it in in a in a wheelbarrow and then if it rains the next night you know it just like kind of sits in that wheelbarrow and then you know you let it sit for a while and then it starts to smell and then you just drench it well here's here's the tech here's the tech we've been doing lately <laughs> is we just take a a, a, a trash bucket like a, a 30 gallon trash can and fill it with uh -huh. water and then if if I'm weeding or something, you know, I'll have, I'll have like, you know, like a, a bunch of weeds. I'll just fill it with as many weeds as I, as I, as I can. And I just let it sit. And, and then I, and then I go and I dump in a little bit of KNF police, the, the lactic acid bacteria serum concentrate. Does it help with the smell pretty instantly? It, it does, but it's also like, you know, like it kind of makes like, soda bubbles like it does a quick like lacto like kimchi sauerkraut ferment to the stuff hmm. and i leave it i leave it maybe one day to three days like the the stuff like like where where i have like banana peels and and i'll i'll put um in, instead of the weeds so the weeds is one of them and, and then basically after three days it kind of it'll stink a little bit and I just dump that out, just drench that pretty much straight onto the plants. Where that bucket is or where that bin is, just right around there. Mm -hmm. But I, I probably should dilute it a little bit more before I dump it. But usually I dump it and it'll it'll rain. So that's that's fine for me. Mm -hmm. 
So, so that basically cost me nothing. I, I took, instead of putting the compost in like a compost pile, put it in water. You got to get the lacto for a few get, days. You got to get the bin and then, but then yeah, the plant material is free. And then the, the water, depending on, you know, where people get their water. But well, well for me, for me, the rest of those things are both free here. Catch, catchment mm-hmm. water and, um, the barrel I, I happen to already own, so it's not like it was free, but the cost is negligible after you know hundreds of uses. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, so so that's that's the that's the other recommendation that could be on there for anybody and everybody is just like, you know, try to accumulate as much leaf matter as you can, and then dump your your disgustingly cheap make these foods and then the other way is like to make disgustingly cheap microbes too just take the the dirt and starch water and um it was in um you know the uh, master cho's book he he had it where he put in like um he used starch water from rice but other guys use potatoes um and then um put put the microbes in there So yeah, so starch water from rice instead of potato and then just took like leaf mold or leaf dust from from the forest and then fed it. Yeah, what I've I've made it uh made the starch water from like white bread. Like any any starch. Like and then and that's the thing. That's like that's why I said natural farming, I said yes, because that's like the, everybody has access to like a little bit of starch. Like even even bananas would work. I'm I'm looking at right over here at these bananas. You know, any any I mean, mm-hmm. not that anybody's in the tr- tropics, but there's there's starches around. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So then that. Yeah. But what 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 would the difference be? Would you say the results between just like, I recommend like if someone did just the drenches and stuff with the disgusting like cheap microbes for a year versus like spraying and soil foundation and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, I think, I think it's best like, like in my case here, I'm, I'm using the drenches on, on certain things like my banana patches um, the the fringe what I call what I call like the border zone or like mm-hmm. it's it's like the very edge of where I've cultivated to where it's like kind of grassy mm-hmm. and it's a it's a zone where you, where you could yeah it's a, it's like a zone where you could like one day plant something so you want to kind of like heal the soil there well well no, well actually I've I've planted beyond it so so I have I have like a fungal zone fungus around my house and in my in my gardens and then on the very fringes I'm I'm planting out like concentrically out and mm-hmm. on the fringes I plant beyond that where the fungus has caught up and and like I said I look at the ground I look at the weeds that are growing to tell the fertility the weeds that are growing to tell the fertility huh Thank you.
so well, yeah. so so the drenching the drenching's on the fringe but this but what i do on the inside of the garden is i spray and i spray lightly like like you know i'm spraying 25 gallons per acre on the inside because it's a established fungal zone but on the outside I'm, I'm using those drench tanks so so what i'm doing is like a combination of disgustingly cheap natural farming on the very edges mm -hmm. and then like pure knf like a kind on the inside right on yeah it seems to be working but but i mean that could be a recommendation for people i mean the, the other the one the one benefit to the chemical one too was that it just said you had to put chemicals out every three months which sounds pretty kickback and easy well i don't know man like one of them's like three and a half tons so that'd be like a ton. You'd have to put like 2,000 pounds or like almost every month or more. Or every, not every month, sorry. Every three months. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, that's still, that's, that's still like, that's the frequency is the important part. So it's like, that's three applications versus uh you know 52 applications right for a year yeah if you're spraying weekly it's 52 weeks so odds are you're going to take a vacation or something it's probably going to be on a actually 50 times spraying because that you'll do it every week but maybe some people some people are voracious So I think spraying is really healing sometimes like and like tonight I really I really enjoyed it it, it was like definitely much needed and um, it's just like there's something to it and whenever you when you spray the plants and... well when I when I do it and I get onto the land it's uh it's uh it's quite yeah, I, I love. Well, I, I like doing it on the on the tractor. We we also have the on foot spur, but on the yeah, it can cover so much area. It's nice to just drive around and spray things. I I think one of the best things is to make it easy. Yeah, making it much much easier to like the every everyone's got a different system and setup, you know. Need, needs will be different but yeah making it easy to to spray for sure and I, I love it when it's just like you can like park right up and like wherever you're parking like you reload the truck that's that's like in the surrounding area you can easily like i don't know just like a central location where you can almost spray everything from one point i think that's sweet <laughs> That, well, that's what I do here with my home garden is I just fill up one tank and then I kind of have a wheel hub out from there and just spray everything. But now my garden's gotten to the size where I can't hit it all with the, um, the one spray. So I could either get, I have a hose extension I could put on or what I think is going to be easier is just to fill up a second tank lower down and um, have two so, two spots yeah 
Yeah, for this garden. But I could always just hit the bottom with a tractor too right now. Kind of I'm trying to set up the farm right man. It's a, it's a lot to balance it all without a comprehensive plan before you start. Learning as I farm, it's good. Yeah, I mean, learn, learn by doing and it's kind of like, yeah, the present moment is allowing you to learn. How to how to farm efficiently and correctly and stuff. My my uh, my cousin, her husband is a farmer in in Iowa, and he was he was saying that I guess they got a they got a federal grant to fence their whole place, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I mean that's it, you in Korea they they subsidize farmers and they pay them and stuff and it's nice here where you can get like grants like NRCS which is the USDA federal it's probably USDA grant right uh, I'm not sure but maybe have, have you ever gotten any grants or anything during your farming endeavors no which is kind of rare and and my i mean my dad is like he he, sh he should actually be one of the guests on here he's uh he's, yeah he's can we get guy. can we get him on well yeah we'll see we'll see you, you you should ask him here you're in charge of that right but uh we'll, we'll see but um uh yeah I was, I was going somewhere with that and then with the, with the grants you're you're talking oh, about your dad and how oh, oh well this i mean this farm this this area and his his farming endeavor the businesses he started i don't think he's really used uh much grants it's it's been kind of um you know er, everything he's he's in endeavored in it's it's truly been um profitable uh so made yeah and and bootstrapped profitable bootstrapped yeah you, you know the, the yeah. idea I, I like the idea of giving money to farmers because it's farming is hard and it's and if we're you know making money on others tech stuff we could support that to farmers but but the whole the whole idea of even um you know redistributing tax money to farmers is it's it's uh yeah. 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 I, I don't know. I, you're talking about a stipend before. And in, in last episode, in uh, the second half, you you talked about the farm mentorship program and that you wanted to maybe bring that up in, in the first half so people could get tuned into it a little bit. Um, I don't know if we can relate it to this, but I have it written down, so. Well, uh, uh, well, the farm farm apprentice mentorship, yeah, would would have a um, uh, not not necessarily a stipend for the farmer. Uh, well, well, I I guess yeah, like maybe maybe if it if it worked out, but um, helping the farmer get uh, the the room and um room and board paid for. 
so that as as a farmer and and maybe maybe a bit of a stipend so that as a farmer and a farmer teacher um you're not having to have a a, a second job beyond beyond maybe maybe the teaching portion of it could be part part of the income part, part of the income like and even even re reimbursed in kind type type of idea um like in in kind reimbursement for the stipend yeah yeah that would i think that would be a positive thing to have some sort of you know farm mentorship program where there's like a teacher and someone that's like learning about farming and regenerative practices and then there's some sort of system that's in place that helps kind of like support that yeah i mean we're yeah and i and i always i always sort of you know i always believe in the, the free market and the in that this idea itself could and should be profitable in, in the world and and in fact i mean um you know i have i have some folks that 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 are coming here to take the training that i'm offering in um, november january and february coming up and um but and and that that they're 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 paying money to to be here and 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 it's well worth it for the training i mean i, I it's it's uh it's intense it's a lot of work to put on a, a week-long uh course for everyone and and um and everyone has a great time and facilitating that you know you, I, you took the training right yeah yeah I, i've taken it like several times yeah can, can you can you speak to it a little bit i mean what it would like can i speak to it um yeah i feel like every time i took it i i learned something new and it was like very like hands hands-on and um i feel like i definitely benefited from the experience and it altered you know my path and my life before taking it to where i'm at now and um yeah i think it's a good thing but then, yeah, recognizing that it, it, it is a lot of work to get, that goes into it. And then there's people from across the world that are seeing it, recognizing a value and then willing to, to check it out. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, you're, you're now a competent natural farmer, right? I mean, all, all your solutions that I've ever seen you make are just like top shelf, like highest quality yeah competent but i feel like i want to dive deeper into the into the unseen deeper deeper past the nine solution but, that, but that's kind of your own experience your own learning like getting getting your basic nine like of what i taught was pretty i mean that's that's kind of what i'm i'm trying to get people is like a uh, the base level into it you know like, like not, not that it's base level it's pretty advanced but uh yeah, understanding like the the core components of it, to then be able to go deeper. Yeah, and how and how they interact and just the whole like, I don't know. I mean, so there's a lot to it. Even even though they're simple, it's funny. It's funny. Like simplest things are so complex. But uh, yeah. So so that class is coming up. So so that would be kind of like a farm apprentice mentorship, right? Like having the um, y you know but having having just a week long experience isn't necessarily enough to be um you know 
it takes years of practice and not to say you need to practice like with a teacher per se but like practice on your own and and be able to to observe and refine and relate yeah definitely the like the practice of it like yeah one one week is just like a a, a glimpse and like the whole natural farming journey and then you just there needs to be that time and that space for people to practice on their own with with everything but i mean if yeah it, i guess it just depends it's like if if it, it's interesting so is it, it, the scenario that comes up is, is it's like what if someone comes to learn and then there's like the opportunity where like all the materials are like available like right in front front of them like there's like bones or they can charm there's like eggshells like but then it's like almost like yeah i think that'd be pretty pretty sweet but well, uh, well that's i yeah. mean but that's that's what i do with my course my my classes like i um this this time too i'll have a kit for everybody so everyone will have a little tupperware with the, every like the bones the sugar the jars the you know everything they need to you know besides the fish guts i'm not gonna put that in the thing right away but um but you get every you get a kit of what you need to do and that's that's what i can do in a in a week is we can do it together hands-on but what i'm what i'm talking about is the the farm apprentice mentorship would be getting into the deeper farming aspects of you know going through a, a like a year's worth of growing things and you learn a fair amount you know um and and so that's that's more of you know what what this would be is a um, time to you know plant plant a quarter acre plant a half acre uh farm it you know w with integrating in you know like permaculture but also with the idea of um you know some some market to sell your goods to like you know because that's every every farmer is also an entrepreneur or has something and um and you know and that's part of the the program as well is, is to is to be productive and to set it you know yeah really and and, and teach yeah to, as is you're also a teacher and a mentor as the as the farm apprentice mentor yeah yeah i yeah i think it's i think it's right on spot on so yeah um do you know do you know what time we started i think we're getting pretty close to to wrapping up our first hour here i don't know i don't know exactly but you got to be kind of getting close to yeah some somewhere in that area yeah so it's a good uh good chat i got i got something to to kind of get into here i don't know if we want to jump jump in or have another topic that's going to take another couple of minutes to make sure we're good into the second half but i got one thing i want to i want to talk about it kind of kind of along the idea of what um the the chemical idea that we've been on yeah well, that's it for our free episode, so join us at www.microbialsecret.org for the full episode, and join the Microbial Secret Society. 
So uh, may the beneficial microbes be with you. Aloha.